This podcast is brought to you by the Creation Academy, an apologetics learning experience designed to teach, train, and inspire others to become strong defenders of the creation account presented in the Bible. Primarily, the Academy offers video and audio courses with downloadable PDF workbooks taught by a team of experienced creation researchers. But members of our exclusive Creation All Access program will also have access to expert interviews and Q&A sessions with creation scientists and apologists, all inside a private Facebook group where you'll fellowship and interact with a like-minded community of believers. We're excited to announce that enrollment is now open. The Academy does not officially launch until March 2019, but until then, you can get into Creation All Access for just $7 per month while we're adding new course material. Join today by going to www.creationcourses.com and clicking on Enroll Now. Alright, you're listening to the Steve Schramm Show. We train Christians to become confident, passionate servants of Jesus so they can grow in their walk with God and share their faith more persuasively. And that's what we want to do. We want to teach you how to grow uh, in order to uh, be able to share your knowledge about something you have to first learn a little bit about it. And so uh, what we want to do is to teach you about it um, and then uh, instill some of the principles and the biblical philosophy that goes along with how you can share your faith more persuasively with others. And so we're excited about creating different ways uh, to make that possible. All right. Now today, in just a little bit, we're going to uh, dive into our second part of this uh, series that uh, we started last week on how to love God. Last week's uh, subject matter was just absolutely great, and we'll do a, a very, uh, very brief review here in just a moment before we dive in to part two. But I, I first, I just wanted to, to take a moment to comment on, if you listened to last week's episode, you heard a brand new intro dealing with some things on the Creation Academy. And also, I came in at the very end of the episode and kind of explained a little bit about about what happened. So let me just kind of uh, touch on that again here so you don't have to go back and listen to it. But uh, basically, in between the time that I recorded um, last week's episode, I I recorded episodes when I get a chance to, sometimes a week or two early. So in between the time that I recorded last week's episode and the episode you're hearing now, um, I had launched... uh, the Creation Academy. Now, those of you who have been listening for a long time, uh, you kind of know a, a little bit of the story, but for those of you who haven't, um, let me kind of just take a moment uh, to give you some background, uh, a little bit about uh, what's going on here. Um, a-, a while ago, I had this idea, this crazy idea, um, that I wanted to um, create an accessible, affordable way that um, interested uh, parties could get access to um, creation learning material at uh, again at a reasonable price point, but also in a um, in a very nice top quality way, a reasonable method of delivery, um, 
uh, to be honest, I'm just not I'm just not satisfied with the solutions anybody has right now. Uh, there are different creation organizations that are creating, um, albeit very scarcely. Um, but every now and then they'll put out a, a, an online course or something. But there's just no elegant way. I mean, they're they're most of the time they're expensive, or if they're not expensive, on the other end they're not very well produced. Um, and the ones that are uh, making them, um, some of them, I, I would be a little skeptical, uh, just to be frank, of, of the information that they're presenting. Um, it, it's just, there. for me, I, I saw no real good solution to, to the problem um, as I was seeing it, okay? And so I, I thought, well, I have this experience uh, in creation, in teaching apologetics, but uh, on the other hand, I have this experience in um, web design and, and, and marketing and the things that go on, you know, around that end of things, and video production, audio production. I have a long history in these um, different areas that, uh, you know, feel free to ask me about sometime. But but the, the short version is I have a long history in them. And I thought, well, perhaps, you know, the Lord uh, put me here for such a time as this. And I, I have these different, um, uh, the ability and, and some of the connections now to, to get things rolling and bring the right people together to make this happen. And so I have been working on that. And um, as with anything that you start, um, Sometimes the finished product does not look like what you had envisioned. Or sometimes uh, as you develop things, um, they begin to take a different shape. Sometimes, maybe for the worse, um, sometimes for the better. I I can confidently say that in this case, it's been for the better. I'm very, very excited um, about the Creation Academy and what it's going to offer. Um, rather than build it from scratch, I decided to build it on top of um, another platform, which isn't doesn't necessarily matter to you, other than to say that it makes the administration end of things on my end a lot more simple while remaining elegant um, and makes it such that I can spend time on um, creating course material and content, developing relationships, and uh, and getting the best kind of uh, um, creation information out to you. Now, building on that, and speaking of relationships, this is another thing that developed um, very recently here in this process, but I'm very excited that the Creation Academy is going to be launching with a team of five instructors. That is four instructors other than myself. Um, And this, uh, I really believe it was just the Lord helping to put this together or or, or orchestrating uh, putting this together uh, because I I could not be happier with the team of people who I'm talking with. Um, Nobody is set in stone in the sense uh, as of, well, as of the time I'm saying this, they might be by the time you're hearing it though, Um, in the sense that they haven't uh, signed a paper yet that I have that kind of formulates an agreement between us. But but I've hand-selected four other, um, uh, researchers other than myself and instructors who will be able to teach. They're all very well versed in creation studies. Some of them you may even know and have interacted with 
in the past, and they each have an uh, uh, experience in uh, in different areas. Um, I'm not sure about one of them, but I, at least three out of the four have their uh, master's degree in uh, different scientific enterprises, a couple dealing with uh, engineering and advanced design uh, uh, of systems and, and things like that, another in biology, um, and the other, uh, I, again, I don't know about his degree or anything, but he has tons of experience uh, in uh, in geology, so we're really, really excited about that, and uh, man, I, I just can't wait to present them to you. And of course, uh, me, I consider myself to, to have a little bit more experience in teaching with the theological end of things, the biblical studies end of things. And so um, basically, rather than just me teaching this, it's now going to be like enrolling in basically a school. Um, and you're going to have uh, different classes taught by different instructors in their different specialties. And man, we just, uh, we couldn't be more excited about the way this is taking uh, taking shape. Now, all of that said, here's the deal. Um, initially, in, initially, this was just going to be like a, a membership type of uh, site. In other words, you would pay a monthly fee, and uh, for that monthly fee, you would have access to every single thing that we created. Um, this is something that's going to change, kind of, um, in one sense. Uh, some of it has to do with because we're bringing instructors aboard, but at the same time, this is going to make the the quality um, and even the quantity of the information and material presented so much more that the trade-off we feel is worth it. So here's the deal. Whenever uh, somebody, myself or another one of the instructors, creates a course, depending on the length of the course and different learning objectives and things like that, the course will be priced uh, according to a um, a, a fluctuating scale, but basically, um, the prices uh, are going to range anywhere from $19 to $99. Um, and I'm just going to be as vague as I can, but, but that's basically the general gist. Um, most courses are going to fall somewhere between 19 and $99. By the way, that is an absolute steal. I mean, that is a great deal. If you're just going to buy an individual course, um, that is a great deal. Now, at certain times throughout the year, um, by the way, we are officially planning to go uh, to to a uh, uh, um, uh, to have a good uh, a big launch campaign for this um, in March of 2019. And when we do that, we're going to be offering access to everyone who signs up to something called the Creation All Access Bundle. And what this is, is kind of like uh, the initial plan for the Creation Academy. This is an opportunity for you to have access to all current and future courses that are created inside of the Creation Academy for one monthly price. Um, I'm not going to tell you right now exactly what that monthly price is going to be. I have an idea of what it's going to be. In fact, I'm about 95% sure, but I don't want to tell you because I'm not 100% positive. And to be honest, I'm probably going to keep that under wraps um, until uh, until it's time to launch in March. But here's the thing. I'm only going to offer that for a very limited period of time. Um, I'm only going to guarantee that I'm going to keep that 
open during a, a, probably a week-long period, probably maybe even a five-day period every year. Uh, while it launches, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that to a very limited period of time. Um, if I'm happy for you to to come and be a part of what we're doing in the Creation Academy, uh, if you don't join up during that time, uh, but if you don't, then it's gonna just be purchasing a course one off. That's just that's the main way to purchase from our website is gonna be to buy courses one off. They're gonna cost between nineteen to ninety nine dollars. And by the way, the value you will get from any one of those courses, I promise you, will be worth it. We are really spending a lot of time to make sure that this is done top notch and top class um for you guys, for anybody who wants to learn about creation. But at the same time, um, we would like to see as many people as possible jump into the all access pro- uh, program because that's going to provide access to different things like the Facebook group. We can have more intimate conversations and things like that. Um, and there's going to be expert interviews and Q&A sessions with the instructors and other creation scientists, etc. cetera, uh, there in the Facebook group. So um, there's going to be a lot going on there, a community aspect going on as well as access to all the courses for one very, very reasonable monthly price. Um, and so we'll tell you more about that in March, uh, and then we'll probably launch that. We'll offer that probably once per year, maybe a time or two per year. We'll open it up for like a day or two long enrollment, something like that. Uh, but for the most part, the, the majority of the year, uh, all access will not be available. Uh, you'll actually need to um, uh, purchase uh, the courses one off. Now, all of that said, there is one more really um, exciting element to it. For a while now, I've talked about, uh, and I haven't made this like super public, but I, I had on my heart that um, the way that the academy was going to be developed before, I was going to charge about $7 per month for access. Now, because of the way some of the circumstances have changed in um, in the development of the courses, in the um, in bringing on instructors and things like that, uh, there's no there's no way I'm going to be able to keep the price that low and still do this with any sort of quality. Um, it's just uh, it's impossible to just to be quite honest with you. However, I want to honor my commitment that I made to um, those of you on the podcast who I've told about that, being able to access it for just $7 per month, etc. And so, as you heard in the intro, I am offering right now, you can go on to uh, thecreationacademy.org. You can also get there by going to creationcourses.com. It'll get you to the same place. And when you go there, you have the opportunity to enroll in the Creation All Access Bundle for just $7 per month. And by the way, you would keep that price forever. So if you are interested in in, in learning more and more about creation in a more advanced advanced level. And by the way, everything is taught uh, lay accessible. Okay. This is not, an, uh, these are not courses for other creation scientists. These are courses that anybody um, um, can access and they're taught in a very uh, friendly way. Okay. So you can get access to these courses. You'll be grandfathered in. We'll never charge you a dime more if you join before March at $7 per month. 
Now, what we're doing right now, we are building up course material. As I'm working with the instructors right now, uh, um, I, I've got, uh, again, I think as of, as of this conversation right now, everybody uh, that I've talked to, I believe, is on board. Um, they uh, just need to sign the paper, uh, and I haven't gotten that to them yet, so uh, that's my fault. Okay, but but I think all of my instructors are on board. Everybody's ready to go, and uh, one of them has already started developing um, a course, and basically, while we work to launch this thing, and I'm just being as honest with you as I can, open with you, so you can uh, jump in here, okay? But um, while we work to actually build um, the courses, to actually build what it's going to look like for the initial um, official launch in March 2019, um, while we're doing that, we're going to be adding course material. There's already one course in there. It's my course that I developed based on my early podcast series on the basics of creation science. So that's an audio course. I've already got that in there. Um, but new courses are going to be added between now and March by our various instructors so that we're ready to go at launch with everything out there. But you can get early access to them as they're being put on there. And it's only going to cost you $7.00 per month. You keep that price forever. And I'm just telling you that, um, again, I'm not for sure settled on a price, but we're probably looking at somewhere four to five times that amount, uh, on a monthly basis, which is still a great deal. Um, it's probably going to be something around that number in March. Um, okay. But, and that's still a great deal. Um, I think that it will be completely worth it for anybody who signs up at that point. But for right now, because you guys have stuck with me for so long, I want to offer this to you to get in at the ground level, $7 per month while we're building it up. You'll get access to the courses before anybody else. You'll get access to the Facebook group. You can start interacting with us, um, the instructors, and as we're putting things together, um, having some really constructive and productive conversations in there. So we're super excited about it. Uh, I've, I've taken a long time to tell you about it, but I, um, I hope you understand. I wanted to clarify a few things, let you know about the exciting new developments and, um, you know, tell you about what was going on. Okay. So um, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into part two of our discussion on how to love God. So briefly, last time we talked about a few things. We talked about who is God, the nature of God. God's a person. He's a spiritual being. He's maximally great. Um, this means some important things, right? This means God's all-powerful, means he's all-knowing, means he's all-present. And I even argued that he is all-loving. And we made the connection, if you remember, with um, what's going on there in this conversation Jesus is having, is, is having, excuse me, in Luke chapter ten, verses twenty-three to twenty-seven, twenty-eight, uh, around in there. Okay, and basically, what's happening is Jesus is having a conversation with this gentleman, and uh, he's a lawyer. He's well versed in the Mosaic Law, and Jesus affirms this guy's understanding of the Mosaic Law, wherein um, he says that we're to love God with all of our our mind, our our heart, our strength, our soul, and uh, so we begin to dive into those things, and particularly um, a little bit about what they mean. Now, we also saw that it's interesting that um, God made us with attributes. We recall that the Bible says in uh, Genesis that we are made in 
God's image. And we dove into that a little bit last week about what that really means. It really means that, uh, in a sense, that God created us with um, limited versions of some of the capacities that he has that would allow us uh, finite, created beings to be able to interact in a relationship of love with an infinite God. Uh, this is something that is unique to human beings because they are made in the image of God. And so we dove into that, and then we spent a good amount of time talking about the Greek uh, word there that is used for love. And I mentioned a little bit about the different uses of love in the Greek And we talked about that specific instance of the word love and some other scriptural references to show um, what it means. And just to reiterate what John MacArthur said about this particular uh, word, this particular kind of love, it kind of sums it up in such a a, a beautiful, succinct way. Uh, He says this about it, that it expresses the purest, noblest form of love, which is volitionally driven, not motivated by superficial appearance, emotional attraction, or sentimental relationship. Um, put another way, in my words, this is uh, the, the, the purest sense of the term unconditional love. Um, this is the kind of love, of course, that really that God has for us, but also that we are to have for him. And of course, we saw the different circumstances of that, uh, the different ways that the Bible uses that term last week. All right. Now, so the first thing that we want to dive into today is an understanding of how to love God with all your heart. Um, if you recall, looking at the uh, uh, scripture verses, uh, the particular verse, Luke ten twenty seven, reads this, And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thy Self. So that is this this uh, mosaic uh, lawyer's understanding of the law, which in the very next verse Jesus affirms. He says, "You've got it right. This is it." All right. Now that means something for us. Now, of course, we realize the New Testament is um, it's new because there was an old, and of course, we understand not necessarily replacement uh, of the law, but rather a fulfillment of the law. Um, and that is kind of what, what Jesus was getting at. I also made the point, which um, I, I'm sure you'd agree with, that uh, nobody understands the Mosaic law um, better than Christ. <laughs> um, if, if Jesus, uh, who is God, by the way, affirms uh, something uh, out of the law that um, would be instructive for us to follow as well, uh, it's a good New Testament teaching, the way Jesus interprets the law is the correct interpretation of the law, and as the fulfillment himself of the law, he can speak to those things. So, um, the greatest commandment, of course, is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind. Uh, this is um, this is chief. Now, um, as we begin to look at that, I think that we can draw some helpful um, conclusions about how we're to love God by looking at these distinct individual areas. And so that is what 
we'd like to spend our time on today. First, talking about the heart. So let's dive into that. Lo- love, love God with all your heart. What does it mean to love God with all of your heart? Now we have a very twenty-first uh, century um, understanding of, of of this when we hear a phrase like that, don't we? I mean, I think um, m- m- many of us say, "Okay, love the Lord your God with all your heart," and we just we kind of instinctively, you know, we kind of know what that means. Um, in biblical terms, it, it would be similar uh, to to how we typically think about that, but slightly different. So the primary biblical usage of the word uh, heart um, really refers to what we often think of as uh, the mind or or the will or the emotional seat of intelligence or the um, innermost uh, sacred part of a person. So these are kind of interrelated kind of things. Um, And yet the Bible seems to make a distinction between them. Um, If it says that we're to love God with all your um, heart, but it also says to love God with all your soul, and it also says to love God with all your your mind, uh, you know, these must mean somewhat distinct things, lest they be completely um, tautological. And I don't think they are. Um, I, I don't think it's just different ways of saying the same thing. And so that's why I wanted to kind of break these out. Um... So in one sense, to love uh, with with your heart, um, according to the Bible, is to love with the fullness of yourself, um, one's uh, entire being. Uh, but we understand that uh, the heart, um, in this sense, is an apparatus which has the capability to love. And of course, let's just let's just be very basic here. Of course, we're we're not talking about the organ, right? But what we are talking about is an understanding of the uh, our emotions, our emotional seat of in, uh, intelligence, our our will, our desires, what we want to do. The Bible says that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, it doesn't say there will your mind be also. And so I think it could have said that instead. And so these these are related concepts. They're very similar concepts, but they are subtly distinct. And we understand that our, our hearts are um, needing to be guarded. Our hearts are precious. Um, if, if we are to love God, with all of our hearts. And yet the same man who affirms that definition later tells us that where our treasure is, there is our, our heart. Um, also, uh, if, if we are, if we are to understand that, that will give us a lot of insight into the way our relationship with God should work. It also tells us a lot about, um, why our relationships with our, our relationship to God is often hindered. Um, I think that many of us get our our hearts get in the way of our relationship with God because of those treasures, because of those other things that our mind is on. Um, now, now there's another sense to this as well. Uh, it, this is you know, it's not to say that that you don't love God if you're not thinking about God. 100% of the time. Uh, but it really has to do, uh, in my understanding, with your motivations. When 
you become a Christian, uh, you're legitimately transformed, changed by God, uh, seemingly in a, in a moment's time. Um, you will gradually begin to cultivate a, uh, a will um, and, and maybe an emotional understanding and awareness of yourself that causes you to want to please God. And in my mind, um, one of the hallmarks of a way to tell whether or not you're a Christian is your desires, your motivations. Um, it's not necessarily about what you do and don't and don't do. Um, yes, we are not to sin. Uh, grace, however, is greater than our sin, and I think it's 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 greater in this overcoming sense that God actually changes our volition. He changes. He he works through us in our sanctification, in our circumstances in life, in the different places that He brings us, and He is working on conforming us to the image of his son. He uses our own decisions, our own choices to make, um, to, to work these things out. Um, and in the process, I believe he really causes us to begin to want, um, I'm, I'm going to word this a particular way, what's best to him. Okay. Uh, meaning that if what, if what God wants is what is best for you, then you ought to also want what God wants for you. And I believe that uh, a big part of that conforming to the image of um, his son has to do with that, has to do with changing your will, your emotional awareness, um, and, and kind of pointing it uh, and changing the calculus of that into something that wants to become a God pleaser. Uh, you want to please God because you love him in this way. Um, if your greatest treasure is God, then that is where your heart will be also. And then it's, you kind of see this picture that's forming of the kind of love that we're supposed to have for God. It has to do with understanding that your motivation in anything ought to, ought to be in uh, uh, its relationship to Christ, um, is what you're doing. Even the most idol of things is what you're doing Christ-honoring, um, or is it not Christ-honoring? If, uh, if the things that you do, you do for the motivations of, of building the kingdom or for pleasing your creator, etc., etc., then nothing you do, even the most seemingly mundane, um, is mundane. It is all done in service to your creator. And if you will just get a hold of that for a second, and you'll just think about how significant that is, that there's nothing you do. Now, now you do tons of things in life that feel insignificant to you. You do things in life right now that, um, uh, and I do them too, by the way, that just feel like, man, this doesn't mean anything to anybody. This has no meaning. I mean, you go to work um, every day. You know, you go to the grocery store. Um, you, you have these things. You go to, you're going to your kid's soccer game. You're rushing around. You're buying Christmas presents. You know, you're doing all these, all of these things things. And some of them seem so insignificant, so superficial, and so meaningless. And yet, if you are living a life in which you have desired to orient everything about your 
self in its proper relationship to God, you can find the utmost ultimate transcendent purpose and even the most mundane, seemingly meaningless things you do because they're done for the purpose of um, of, of, of pleasing and uplifting and sharing the good news about your creator. Um, the simplest task that you do at work can be a reflection of who you are in Christ as a Christian. And if you let that pervade you, your treasure becomes Christ. It becomes where your heart is to please him in any and every thing to where it's just second nature. You don't have to force yourself to think about it, etc. Now, um, unfortunately for us, there is a bit of a problem. If you've studied your your, your Bible for any uh, period of time, you understand something about um, about the heart, and that is that it has problems. Um, your your heart is affected by um, a natural disorientation um, or a a missing the mark of what is the true and right and correct purpose for which it was initially designed. Of course, I'm talking about what the Bible calls sin. Uh, the word sin, it, uh, it, it, it is... It carries the meaning of missing the mark of, of an arrow that has missed the center of the target. Um, and, you know, we talk about creation a lot here and we kind of uh, orient things in that understanding. Um, th- there is a sense in which you are designed for a purpose, a very real sense in which you are designed for a purpose. Every part of you has a design, both the material and the immaterial. Parts of you have a, a design. Um, uh, Alvin Plantinga has done a lot of work on this. He is a Christian philosopher, very, very well respected. And he basically argues um, that, uh, and this is something that uh, John Calvin actually initially developed. Now, I'm not personally a Calvinist, uh, but... Um, I think John Calvin was a brilliant theologian, had some excellent things to say. You learn a lot from reading uh, after him. And uh, Alvin Plantinga has kind of formulated this idea based on some of um, uh, Calvin's thoughts and also Thomas Aquinas' thoughts. Um, and basically, he, he wants to argue that every person is is given this sense of the divine, uh, this um, longing or this awareness of transcendence uh, that something that there's something there uh, that is calling them something spiritual something divine and I think as you read through Romans 1 you can understand how uh, how everybody knows that there is a creator because he's been revealed in all these different ways and he's been revealed in the creation he's been revealed in scripture he's been revealed through his son um, and, and so there are these different forms of res- revelation God has made himself known such that on judgment day nobody will be without excuse but there is this doctrine of sin in the way that has, in, in Plantinga's um, view, marred 
this apparatus. We have this apparatus that if it were functioning completely properly from the beginning of, of, of birth, if it were uh, completely functioning true and right, all the conditions were correct, it would lead any person and every person to believe in God. Uh, but because of sin, this is a particular faculty that is broken and in need of repair. All right. Now, um, I think this is uh, in at least one sense where the heart comes in and Plantinga um, argues this a little bit, actually very brilliantly, I think, in his book. Um, and, uh, the, you know, the name of it is completely slipping my mind, but I will have it in the podcast notes for you. OK, so you can look at that. Um, oh, I think it's called Knowledge and Christian Belief. It might be called Knowledge and Christian Belief, but I'll put it in there uh, for you so that you can um, uh, purchase it. It's a, it's a great little book. It's very accessible. And um, he argues that there's this element of, of love, too, this, this adoration for the one who loved you first and the one who has built into, into you, into those creatures which he has made in his image, this capacity to know and love him and so when uh, you know it, it, when we are not functioning in our optimal conditions which is uh, to, which is to be alive and unregenerate we are not saved we are not christians we don't know god this apparatus is not functioning properly it is it is it is broken it is in need of repair and thus the bible has much to say about the wickedness of the heart now when when one becomes a Christian, of course, we believe that, that that is essentially the repairing of this apparatus. It is this right orientation that you get, this understanding and, and knowledge um, of, of God. And um, however, we also read the Apostle Paul, who talks about this constant war that's going on between his flesh and his spirit. Uh, so we understand uh, we understand something. This is what I'm kind of getting to. We understand that even if we have a regenerate um, heart, uh, we we do know God. We are saved according to uh, the instructions that we read biblically. Once we reach that point, we understand that does not mean that all of our problems are immediately solved. And so we're still plagued with this issue of a a heart that wants to pull towards that flesh, even though we are doing our best and God is working in us this uh, this orientation, this right orientation to Himself. Um, here are some biblical facts about the heart that, quite frankly, I mean, in some sense, in some cases, here are very unfortunate, um, and in some other cases are um, somewhat encouraging. Uh, according to Jeremiah 17, uh, 9, the heart is wicked. Um, it's deceitful and wicked. It will destroy you. Um, the heart uh, is oriented from, I'm using that word a lot, but it's because it's the best word I can think of to, to, to talk about the natural volition that you have versus the natural volition that you are um, designed to have or purposed, I guess I should say, to have. So the heart is wicked. Um, 
it, it's desperately wicked. Who can know it? Uh, the Bible says, according to Psalms fifty-one nine, uh, excuse me, fifty-one ten, it is in need of cleansing. According to Proverbs uh, four twenty-three, it must be kept clean and guarded because all of our actions are ultimately a reflection of it. Psalms thirty-four eighteen teaches us that, thankfully, when a heart is broken, the Lord is near. The Bible teaches, this is in Proverbs 21, 2. I find this comforting and also um, something to make me fearful. God has access to your heart. Think about that. God has access to your heart. God uh, doesn't just want things for your heart. He understands your heart. He knows where your treasure is. And of course, Matthew 6.33 teaches that your heart will adore whatever your flesh most treasures. It's really interesting uh, the way that this works out. But Jesus, despite knowing all of this very well, because he inspired it uh, through the Holy Spirit, um, you know, he knows the biblical teaching on the heart. This is his teaching on the heart. Why does he ask us to love others? him with all of our hearts. Why? I mean, why is that? I think it's because with the heart, again, in the biblical sense, comes the capacity for for love. We are made in the image of God who is, by definition, all loving. And remember, I say by definition uh, for a, a couple reasons. Um, one reason certainly is the philosophical reason that God is a maximally great being, and uh, if God can love, he must be the the greatest lover, or he would not be maximally great in that quality. Um, and so I believe that in order to have a perfect uh, God, we're going to need an omnibenevolent God. Now, there are theologians who differ with me on that uh, aspect of what's called perfect being theology, um, but I think most would agree with with that, um, certainly, the vast majority of of, of Christian uh, understanding throughout the centuries has been that God is an omnibenevolent character, um, person. Okay, so, uh, but this goes a little further. First John four eight and nine um, ultimately says that he that loveth uh, not knoweth not God. For God is love. That's First John four eight. So, um, if you don't, if you don't love, you don't know God. That's what the Bible says. But why is that? It says that God is love. That's the justification for it. God is love, and thus I think that indeed God loves every person even those who do not return the sentiment. And that is something to think about. Um, You know, the Bible teaches, Jesus himself teaches, that we are to love our enemies. Are we to think that we are asked 
to love our enemies, and yet God does not love his? You see, this is one reason why I do happen to take a position on the, on the free will debate. And, um, you know, I, I do think that humans have um, at least some measure of free will. I think there is a choice involved in the idea of love, and I can point you to some resources um, that I believe show that, but um, I really do. I believe that we have the choice to to love God. Um, I believe that if we and I'm being a little bit slow and careful with my words because I don't want to I don't want to misrepresent how how I believe here um uh, but the uh, the understanding that I have of of scripture at this particular time is that if 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 you are in hell one day it's not because God decreed before the beginning of the world that you would be there um Yes, God knows exactly the way that you will choose. Um, he knows exactly the way that you would choose as well. And uh, the point I want to make here is that I believe God is so loving of everyone, in fact, that God will not force you to do something that is against your will. In other words, um, I, I believe you have the ability to resist salvation. In other words, I, I, I want to place, in, in my theology, I want to place God in the sole um, uh, place of responsibility for bringing a, an, an individual to Christ. At the same time, I do believe that the Bible teaches that we have the ability to resist that, uh, that wooing of God. And I think that um, uh, after a certain period of time, uh, he is just going to stop. If you don't heed his call, if you tarry on, if you have people who you know who tarry on, um, that uh, and, and never accept Christ, that to me is a sign of their resistance. Again, the Bible says it's evident to everyone and they suppress the truth in their unrighteousness. They hold that down. Um, that that innate knowledge of God that they have, it becomes just completely overwhelmed by their sin and their affinity for unrighteousness. And so we have to understand that to, to love God with all of our hearts involves um, overcoming these things, but it takes God. I mean, it takes the Holy Spirit uh, to, to convict you, to ultimately to convert you, and then God can begin working on that sinful heart of yours to create a new heart, a clean heart, one that loves God, one that wants nothing more than what God wants for itself. And God is love, and thus God gives us the capacity to love. So think about that a little bit this week. I mean, what what best explains our capacity to love? To me, it's this idea that God is love. God is love. He is omnibenevolent and thus creates us with a capacity to love. We are not omnibenevolent, of course, especially being fallen humans, but also because we could not be because we would then um, be perfect uh, in, in, in a sense. And to be perfect in any sense is impossible for a being that is not perfect. Um, but... Uh, the general point there that we want to make is that God created us in his image, gave us the capacity to love others, 
But indeed, more importantly, because it is this attribute with God that we share, we have the ability to love him. And I think that is just incredibly amazing. Well, that's about all we're going to have time for uh, on this particular lesson. Uh, again, I took some time at the beginning talking about the Creation Academy, and I, uh, I hope and pray you'll forgive me for that, but also jump on board there, uh, and we'll talk about these others um, next week. All right, so uh, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you so much and want to thank you for the ability to love, for the capacity to love. Thank you for loving us first so that we uh, could even love you back. Father, we realize that you created plenty of organisms that have no capacity to love at all, let alone to love you. And what an amazing thing that you created us with uh, limited uh, renditions of the attributes that you have, that you allow us to take part in that divine dance, as Lewis called it. Lord, that you allow us to, to, take, to take part in that, in that spiritual walk, in that spiritual relationship with you. We thank you for that. We love you for that. And Lord, as we explore your word and your world, I pray that you would lead us guide our hearts, guard our hearts, Lord. Help us in these areas where we fall short. Uh, We do fall short every day, but we're thankful for your unfailing and unending love for us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right. Well, I want to, again, say thank you for joining us this week on the Steve Schramm Show. Um, don't forget to, if you're a new listener especially, head over to steveschramm.com slash defend. steveschramm.com slash defend. We want to send you a free email course. At the end of that course, we'll tell you just a little bit about our ministry. So that is uh, one of the most important things you could possibly do. Go there. Uh, get involved with what you're doing, uh, with what we're doing. We want to be able to speak uh, into your life to help you become a confident, uh, passionate uh, servant of Jesus Christ. That, that's what we want to do more than anything. We have tons of free resources on the website to help with that. We, of course, now have the Creation Academy. Head over to creationcourses.com. Get enrolled over there. a month. Go ahead and get in at the ground level Uh, right now. We're really, really excited about what God is doing in this space. Um, So anyway, uh, thank you. Uh, Jump on board. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.